genre. This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome to Theme Park This, the only podcast that dares ask the question, could we build a theme park that would unite humanity before time and space is destroyed? My name is Brian <laughs> Green, and with me today I have Scott Corelli. That's pretty heavy, man. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle Crane. The listeners can't see it, but I am playing an air guitar at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Can't hear it either, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's in our minds. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so we're here to talk about Bill and Ted today. Uh, Bill yeah. and Ted. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music just came out. Uh, was it last weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time of recording, and I think two two weekends ago. Uh, by the time you guys are hearing this, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so let's let's talk about these movies. Uh, yeah, Bill and Ted. Y- y'all are b- big Bill and Ted fans. Yes, very much so. I still remember seeing both of them, or excuse me, uh, when, when people still went to theaters. I remember seeing both Excellent uh, Adventure and Bogus Journey in theaters, and I uh, just watched the, uh, the uh, Face of Music recently on uh, VOD, and big fan of all three films. What about you, mm-hmm. Scott? Uh, yeah, I think Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is one of the earliest um, movie theater going experiences I ever remember as a kid. Uh, my dad took me to see it and um, it really kind of like blew my brain apart in terms of time travel. This is because I, I, I saw this before um, back to the future. So, cause I didn't see back to the future until like, you know, a few years into the nineties. Oh um, wow! Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't, you know, my dad, I, I wasn't around my dad a lot and it wasn't a movie that my mom really cared about. Um, uh, you know, and uh kid, kid of uh divorced parents that's uh kind of thing that happens is sometimes you know my dad being sort of like a a a geeky kind of guy uh prioritize certain movies over other ones and and back to the future um wasn't a movie that he prioritized and i assume it was probably because um the movie was like kind of like you know a low-key romance movie like despite being an adventure movie and it probably wasn't until the ride that he was like, oh, maybe he would like this, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but uh, uh, with Bill and Ted, I mean, it's just so, like, you know, goofy and, you know, crazy history characters. And, you know, it's it's that mall scene alone is, like, a big, like, you know, kids like Napoleon. Like, why do we <laughs> like Napoleon? But, like, you know, I, I thought he was hilarious when I was a kid. Um, you love to watch under- an old French dude, like go down a water slide 30 times Yeah, that's the thing that is that is legitimately one of the funniest most subtle jokes i think in all of bill and ted is like if we were we have to think about <laughs> we, we have to think like we're like we're napoleon if we were you know uh, uh uh french dictators where would we go and they would thought about it and they're like waterloo <laughs> and it's a water park it's amazing <laughs> um yeah, I I I really really love uh that first film and uh and and I think it might have been it was either that or Doctor Who would have been my first experience with time travel I think in general just like as as a as a kid like 
understanding what the idea, the concept of time travel. I think Bill and Ted was probably the first example of that for me. Uh, and then Bogus Journey. I remember my dad took me to see that and I was so excited and we walked out of that movie and my my I my brain was blown apart by that movie as a kid and my dad hated it with every fiber of his being and it was the first time that I was I was ever like I don't understand like what why didn't you like this movie like it didn't didn't compute with me because I didn't come into it with the baggage of like well obviously all of these need to be time travel movies I just was like, oh, I like Bill and Ted and like, it's a new Bill and Ted adventure. That's fun. This time it's the afterlife. And you know, like I love Beetlejuice and I loved uh, defending your life as a kid, which rewatching defending your life as an adult. I was like, why did I like this so much as a kid? This is such a weird thing for a kid to like. Why were you watching that movie as a child? Is my I don't, question. Cause like, I liked, that... I loved, I loved like afterlife mythology movies. Like huh. I just, I, I, I did that has always fascinated me. The concept of the afterlife. And so like Bill and Ted, uh, uh, traveling through the afterlife, I just loved it. And there's like an alien that smashes into it, and there's like evil robots and good robots, and like it was like just bonkers. And to this day, I think that Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and I, I, I'm in the, I think you're either a person who hates that movie, or I think you're a person like me who thinks that the movie is like one of the greatest sequels to ever be made. <laughs> it's it's like up there to me with the new batch um uh gremlins 2 of yeah. like this is absolutely bonkers it shouldn't exist and it, it, i'm incredibly like i'm blown away that it exists in the way that it does like it is bonkers that movie is insane and i love every second of it <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i'm a big bill and ted fan I, I i love those movies and like there there's definitely aspects of it that don't hold up um and uh there there's those aspects unfortunately evolved into um it, their own property uh that we're going to get into in a second oh but boy. <laughs> um but but uh uh you know for the most part like if you could just sort of like brush those things away and just be like well they're they're supposed to be kids in the late 80s early 90s kids in the being a kid in the late 80s early 90s i can tell you kids of that age were saying a lot of inappropriate bad horrible stuff mm -hmm. um heinous if you will, um, but uh, uh, you know, heinous I'm, means I, good in these movies. You can't, you can't say that. Oh, yeah. well, unrighteous, right. yeah. <laughs> unrighteous, un <laughs> heinous, unheinous, um, unheinous, <laughs> heinous. Uh, uh, anyway, um, I yeah, I just I I have a really uh, a big soft spot for these movies, and I just think that they they have a really big heart, um, despite those certain elements that don't hold up. I think they have a really big heart and a really cool message that um i guess just like i i think now with face of the music i like it's just become this whole other thing where it's like it it they let the movie sort of like evolve into this grander thing about like you know everybody we're all in this together and like mm -hmm. you know i i think that i think that my theory is that the movie was meant to be a sort of generalized allegory for like how we felt uh after the latest uh presidential election 
I think that's probably where this movie grew out of or, or where it's like, oh, we need this now more than ever. And they had no idea that we'd be in the middle of what we're in the middle of now. Right. And so now it even took on a deeper meaning yeah. of, of everybody's in this together and, and be excellent to each other and all of that. And I just think it's I think it's great. And and it's just these movies are so goofy and they wear their hearts on their sleeve. And I, I just love them so much. That's why I was sobbing. Well, during the final performance and uh, face the music. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh crying yeah yeah, yeah for song sure is, it, it's real good it slaps yeah. it does it does slap and it was a good it was a very good use of not using lyrics uh-huh. uh because i remember as a kid watching bogus journey and and i was just like oh i guess so they they wrote the song and it's um it's a kiss song <laughs> okay <laughs> i remember even as a kid just being like really that's that's yeah. the one, huh? It's okay. The cover that changed the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just, I just remember thinking how how weird and silly that was. Um, so I'm glad that they retconned that into uh, being that like they never actually did create that song, and then we got to hear it in this. And it's, it, I mean, you know, it's it had to have been impossible to try, or seemingly impossible to actually like. Like if I'm writing this movie, I'm writing around that song. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm like they about they're about to start playing it, and then we cut to credits or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, how do you? How could you possibly actually write that song? Right. Um. And and they they did a really good job of like figuring out how to make that play. Um. So anyway, I thought it was really good. Face of the music is great. It is. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on all of the movies, Brian? Uh, so I, I was I, I two. Sorry, I was two when the first Bill and Ted came out. So I never saw it in theaters. I think my sure. first exposure to it was uh, one day when my history teacher presumably had a hangover, and uh, <laughs> it was cashing in a hangover day. Sure. Um, so I assume that's what uh, that's what it was. I remember watching it at school, and I loved it. Like I I had to go home and say mom dad i watched like 45 minutes of this movie at school today and we have to buy it and we went and bought it and my and i watched the whole thing loved it watched it over and over and over again bought the dvd when the movie came when the dvd came out Uh, i knew there was a sequel i Mm -hmm. never i hadn't watched it yeah Uh, for some reason or another i never gotten it never watched it for any reason uh until i think I think it was Pizza Hut or Papa John's was doing like a uh, was doing a DVD promotion. You got a free DVD with like two pizzas or something like that. I think uh, I, remember I remember this. I got, yeah. uh, from this promotion, I got Chocolat <laughs> and <laughs> Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah, I can see the common connection between those two. Yeah, it's Lassie such, Hallstrom and yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, there was a third one, but I don't remember what it was. But I remember getting those two, and they were just in these stupid little slip covers. They weren't even yeah. in like you know <laughs> proper DVD cases. Uh, but I watched it, and I think I've only watched it two times because I fall in the other camp where I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's yeah. like I will watch it again. Like I enjoyed it, but for the most part, it's just like uh, it does not capture the magic of the first one for me Mm. and i think i go into uh, i think i've both times i've watched it i've gone into it looking for that and it 
Maybe you have I to find a new magic. It's it's a totally different <laughs> magic. It's yeah. a co- completely different magic. It, that, that's they, fair. Time travel only comes into play at the very end. Yeah. Um. Of the, of the movie, and so it's it's a totally different thing. Oh yeah. You gotta you you can't you can't go into it hoping to get the same thing again because you're just not gonna get it. It's, no, no, it, no. It's like it it it's like a middle finger to the idea of giving you the same thing. Oh, you're for like, sure. Yeah, like you're not getting it, man. Which, which is honestly. Uh, a couple weeks ago i was just like wow yeah this movie is just so different no wonder i haven't watched it in so long it, it had no interest at all in retreading anything that the first movie did you know in, no. in a lot of ways because even the tone the first movie is very joyous in a film it's just kind of like mm-hmm. a fun mm-hmm. a- adventure and it's there's so much uh, love in that movie and not a whole lot of negativity and the second one is really kind of steeped in negativity but it's also like you know uh it's having fun with it the whole time you know mm-hmm. if more sequels kind of said we're not doing anything that the first movie did i think the probably you know sequels would be looked at uh in in a better light and this one i mean it, it definitely um it, yeah it is a sticking point brian you know it's a, a lot of people i probably fell into that camp after i walked out of it originally as a kid and for most of my life but then we got um you know we liked face the music so much and we went ahead and rebought the first two movies and watched them over again and, and scott like you were saying it's it's a lot like the new batch it's I really great gained a new appreciation for it as an adult rewatching it recently. Mm-hmm. So, um, if, yeah, if it, there, it, I have a theory that the reason uh, it's in terms of like the negativity, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. Kyle. My theory about that is that Excellent Adventure was 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 released and is about a very particular type of guy in the '80s, the guy who was really into hair metal and was just like, "This is the pinnacle of all music," and you know hair metal was very like positive and like goofy yeah. and like it's just like a really silly vibe right hair metal was ve- had a very silly vibe it was Didn't not seriously serious. yeah no not at all um and everything was about partying and having a good time right and then the sequel came out in 1991 right on the cusp of the death of hair metal Mm -hmm. you know that was when like i think i think nirvana was just breaking through and pearl jam and all that whole grunge era and i feel like that movie is almost in response to like these guys feel like their lives are over because like their music doesn't matter anymore you know like like it's 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 over it's like the end of an era and so i kind of (laughs) From a metatextual standpoint, I kind of like it from that from that aspect as well. It's them waking up and realizing we're never going to make as much money as our parents made in, in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. so oh, just no. kind of like strolling into that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so crazy. They possess their dad. Possesses <laughs> his dad. It's his so weird. Father. It's oh, funny that man. you brought up the new batch because I've never seen the new batch either because I'm worried it's going to be the same. I'm worried I'm not going to like it as much as Gremlins. Uh, see, oh, you, man. you like the the problem is that you got too married to the one movie. Yeah, because um, you watch the one movie over and over and over and over again, and so that by the time you watch the sequel, you're like, oh, this I no, this is bad. Instead of oh, this is different. This is a different flavor. Yeah. Um, like for me when I was a kid. I watched Bogus Journey, and then that was the only Bill and Ted I watched wow. for like my entire childhood. I loved that wacky movie, um, and I and the same thing with Gremlins. Like when I got older, I rewatched Excellent Adventure and the first Gremlins for the first time in probably fifteen years, and was like, "Oh wow, these are like way different than the sequels." And mm-hmm. and like so, I I kind of rediscovered the first movies in like the opposite direction. Um, 
but uh and so i guess maybe that's how i learned to appreciate both of them in that way but uh yeah it kind of reminds me of the bogus journey is like the perfect sort of amalgamation of two sequels it feels both like gremlins to the new batch and also secret of the ooze in that like the tone is completely different Mm -hmm. The goals are completely different. Like everything about it is completely different. And yet as a kid, I just totally accepted like this was the sequel. And also this is my favorite one. Um, (laughs) You know, despite the fact you grow older and you watch the first Ninja Turtles and you're like, oh, this is heads and tails above Secret of the Ooze. Like Secret (laughs) of the Ooze is not a good movie. Not really. All adults do. We we just debate about the two (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies in our mind. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know. I'm not growing up. (laughs) Yeah, but but at the same time, there's certain moments in that movie that are just like stuck with me forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I, I, I find I find 90s sequels really interesting in that uh, in that way. And I mean, Gremlins is like the perfect combination because until very recently, there were only two Bill and Ted movies and there were only two Gremlin movies. And it was like this weird thing where they just like, it, it seemed like they just creatively nosedived in the second movie. But in reality, they just like went from like a normal movie to like the most batshit insane thing you've ever seen. And audiences were le- left like, what <laughs> did I just watch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Um, so I don't know. I respect it for that. If nothing else, I respect it for for really just going um, bonkers in that second movie. So um, we haven't talked much about uh, Face the Music. Uh, yeah, I loved. I loved it. Yeah. It, yes. It felt like a return to a lot to the formula of the first one. Much much in the way that Last Crusade was a return to right, the formula right. of the first one. Uh, I love <laughs> Billy and Thea, and I want their own movie. I want them to have their own movie. Sure. Like more than I just don't know what gone. it would be about after this. Uh, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll get into that. Oh, okay. Oh. I have an adventure for them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, I just had such a good time. I was excited to see Bill and Ted going on their adventure, and then Billy and Thea have their own adventure, and they're trying to fix it in their own way, and then they have to come together in the end, you know, with their with both of their solutions. And I, I just had such a good time watching that, and then, like as I said, watching that final scene where they're playing that song and i'm just tears are streaming down my face and i just sure. I, I want this song to unite the world yeah that's good that's fun yeah no it's a, it's it's great i i would say my only disappointment with the movie um is uh i was really excited about anthony kerrigan in this movie and i thought i thought dennis was like kind of a one-note joke um and that kind of bummed me out i was hoping for more out of that character a more interesting like death is such like a cool character like a just like you know, very specific personality, like not a one note kind of character. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like all over the place, and they find like new interesting things for him to do in each individual scene. Whereas um, with Dennis Caleb McCoy, it was just more like, uh, oh, he's actually like a sensitive soul uh, turned into a Terminator, and. That's it. That's the joke. And it's just the same joke in every scene that he's in. And that bummed me out because I know what Anthony Kerrigan's capable of as like a performer. And it it really bummed me out that like they didn't give him enough to do, in my opinion. I'm right there with you on that because I had a lot of people saying how much they love the robot, how much they love yes. him. And I'm just like, what what is it about them, him that you loved so much? I don't know. I just, I. I'm here sitting here like I'm I'm becoming a you know billion Thea stan on my on Twitter. <laughs> just like, yeah. And they are uh, everyone else is, is talking about the about Dennis and I'm like he 
was fine. I didn't. Yeah. I did not walk away. That was not my my thought of this is the most important thing about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. uh I guess I'm in the other camp then cuz I <laughs> walked away from it thinking like I mean performance wise it was just so I, I felt it was really inspired the way that he played the robot. You know, like responses sure. to everything. I mean there wasn't a whole lot of depth to the character. Yeah, but I think w- what he was given, he really kind of took it and I mean every time he was I was really rolling on the floor laughing with just, you know, he kills everybody in his response is just kind of like, "Oh, I wasn't supposed to do that," you know. So, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. All right. I mean, see, that, that it's weird. I guess he's the he's the bogus journey of this particular movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um I I just uh yeah, I I guess it's just because of because I know what he's capable of like on Barry, mm-hmm. like how funny he can be. Um it was just jarring to see most of his performance coming out of the makeup effects rather than like mm-hmm in the script, you know, giving him something interesting to do. It was more of just like, okay, how can I take this tiny, tiny, tiny moment and, and, and I guess do the best I can with it. And, and, you know, from that pers- perspective, I, I respect it. I just wish they'd written him something more to work sure. with. Um, I, the other thing too, I just want to mention is that like all of these movies were written by the same guy, um, uh, which is uh, uh, the writer of uh, men in black, the first men in black, um, Ed Solomon. And uh, I just love that too. Like that doesn't happen a lot of like the creator of a thing, writing every movie, every entry in that series, you know, that doesn't get to happen very often either. Um, Even in the case of uh, gremlins, right? Chris Columbus wrote the first one. He didn't write the second one. (laughs) So, um, you know, I just, I I like how different each one of these movies is and they're all written by the same guy. I think that's kind of cool. So anyway. Um, All right. Yeah. Face the music. Great. Great movie. Uh, and uh, Bill and Ted, big, big fan of Bill and Ted. And I think they did a really good job of sort of boiling Bill and Ted down to its essence and modernizing it um, to fit with uh, uh, sort of like modern ideals and things like that. They, they let them evolve and grow, not just be the same guys they were in 91. Right. right. It felt like in this period of time, this is what these characters would be doing right now. You know, totally. instead of like retreading a lot of stuff, it's like they've evolved. This is where they are in their lives at this point. And totally. in a lot of cases in the movie, it's a very sad place, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So um, before we start putting uh, Bill and Ted into our own theme park, should we talk about uh, their other theme park adventure? Yeah, I I think we should. I mean, you know, it's I I, I put it in the notes because I'm like, I think it's important. I think it'd be crazy for us not to at least mention it. Um, Man, (laughs) so so Halloween Horror Nights every year of Halloween Horror Nights from like basically the first year um, all the way until I think 2017 was the last year. uh, There was a live show called Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, Um, and it is. It's crazy because it has diehard fans. Like there are people who like just go to the mat for this stupid show. Um, And it is the the dumbest, most racist, most homophobic trash um, I've ever seen in my life. And I remember seeing it as a kid and being uncomfortable by how like – it, I mean, it is it is just the opposite of Bill and Ted. So like, you saw this are, with your own eyes? Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I have. Um, I've seen one of them. Yeah. 
Uh, I think it was one of the Old West ones, the uh, where they were at the Old West stunt show. Okay. Because um, they went from Old West stunt show to Toon Lagoon Theater for two years, two or three years, and then went back to where the Old West stunt show was, but now it was Fear Factor. And they were there until um, the show was retired, uh, thankfully. Um, my understanding is that Face the Music is what killed this. Um, Face the Music was greenlit, and then they... Uh, pulled it away from the rights away from universal. Cause they were like, we don't want your garbage, like sullying our, our good natured yeah. show. And good. <laughs> that's fair. Um, the idea of this was like Bill and Ted wanted to trick or treat. And so they, uh, there was like a guy who like stole their box and then like was bringing pop culture artifacts and characters from the year that had passed um, to sort of like interact with Bill and Ted as they're trying to trick or treat. That's the idea. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh and it's and it's sort of like, you know, like a topical genie kind of stuff. Yeah. Only it's like really it's rough. Like early on it was just like a, an evil old west guy um who like stole their box to go rob a bank and then brought back like Freddy Krueger and Jason and stuff like that. Um and then later it became like broader pop culture stuff kim so kardashian like, doing gangnam style right um Do- uh, dr evil was the villain of like a few s- seasons of the show <sighs> um uh at one point lex luther was and specifically kevin spacey's lex luther um and then uh and then dr evil returned and i guess that was a big deal and then at one point uh they they prepped that it was going to be dr evil because he'd been the villain of the show for so long they played the Dr. Evil theme, out walks someone who's bald, and then it turns out that it was actually just like Britney Spears with her head shaved. Um, it was like that kind of thing. So it's really timeless, bad. timeless humor. Bad. Yeah. Really bad. That the whole yeah. family can yeah. love. Hey, Snooky yes. jokes play today. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a notorious review in, uh, I want to say, Vice um, in 2013. And the review, the, the, the title was The Bill and Ted Show at Universal Studios is Super Homophobic and Also Racist and Terrible. Um, and that was like the start of the decline of the show. In that version of the show, there was a scene where they, they poured pixie dust on Superman and then he became like a, like a big gay stereotype. Um, super campy, talked with a lisp. Uh, rainbow costume all of a sudden stuff like that um it was it's awful um it seems to yeah it it seems to veer into that side of horror that wants to shock people by kind of like pushing boundaries like in like Mm -hmm. political performance and stuff like that instead Mm -hmm. of actually like terrorizing you with what it has and it's just that kind of stuff is so trashy and one note and it 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 doesn't last at all it's like you know well this lasted 26 years (laughs) which is disappointing yeah. yeah. Uh and it would start they started each show once once they started getting complaints about the content of the show, they started each show with a pop culture character of the year um coming out. The last year it was someone playing Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer uh explaining to people that like, you know, uh this is just a show for your entertainment, lighten up, like, you know, there's no need to be woke. This is an unwoke space and like stuff like it was I mean, it is awful. Um it is truly awful. And what what really bums me out is that the fans of this are such diehard fans of it and and are just so like I don't know, just 
it's just going over their head how how awful this is that like there are people that i really like theme park essayists and stuff that i really respect like expedition theme park i love his channel but he loves this Bill and Ted thing and won't stop bringing it up every October about how when is Bill and Ted going to come back? It was the best thing to ever happen at Universal Parks. I'm like, and I'm like, in what universe? Like, yeah. watch his watch his history of the Bill and Ted thing, and you will think he is talking about a completely different show than what he's talking about because he talks about it with such reverence oh, that no. it it's it's absolutely mind blowing. Was he um, sponsored by Spencer's Gift for that for that particular episode or something like <laughs> I that? I don't like, know, but that's definitely <laughs> the vibe of this. This yeah. is like Spencer gifts the show, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's that's, it always reminds me of like driving well, to the meth part of town. You know, like the yeah. kind of audience it was be for that so oh yeah uh, yeah. yeah it's just it, it's just so so trashy and bad and for the longest time this was the only bill and ted out there there was a uh, a short-lived live action tv show like a sitcom there was a short-lived animated series um but for the longest period of time this was the one and only bill and ted anything out there for 26 years until um face the music uh a couple of weeks ago so um yeah, I don't recommend checking it out. I watch one of the video essays about it, I would say, because there definitely are some clips and then read that uh that Vice article um that I was talking about because uh it is it's an interesting artifact, but it really does go to show like how far removed from reality Universal Studios is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of like what people want. And it's the reason why I I I've never been able to be a huge fan of Halloween Horror Nights is because Everything about Halloween Horror Nights just has that vibe, the yeah, vibe of the right. Bell and Ted Halloween show. Um, and it it really it really bugs me. I I like you said, Kyle, that that brand of horror fan is yeah. um, weird. It's uh, like Spencer uh, Gifts horror fan. Yeah. Here we're we're <laughs> yeah. gonna shock you by going through the haunted abortion clinic or something like yeah, that. Right. Oh. Yeah, right. Totally. It's yeah, like we were just like, oh God. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. The the South Parkization or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so anyway, Halloween adventure, uh, one of the worst things to ever happen, uh, <laughs> um, I think is, is the, <laughs> that's the quickest thing to say. Um, so let's talk about our parks, huh? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, who wants okay. to start us off today? Um, um, I will go, uh, okay. if, if, uh, if, if y'all don't mind. Yeah. So, all right. Well, mine, I am calling Bill and Ted Waterloo. <laughs> an exhibit on the righteous water park of the future. I wanted to go outside of a uh, usual kind of comfort zone here. And uh, I'm going to be talking about a water park today um, because water I'm parks glad are I not didn't my... do this. I almost did this. I'm glad that I didn't do it. <laughs> I was actually kind of worried that we might have crossover here. And uh, I'm glad that uh, no one else did because um, yeah, w- water parks are not my thing. I don't yeah. hate them. Uh, it's a little bit too much dangerous. Uh, I keep thinking like, Every time I go, I'm going to get a UTI or something like that. You know, uh, anytime you or just you co- die like Action Park. <laughs> exactly, that's where I was going. It's a little bit too dangerous, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, or you Schlitterbahn, know. you know, <laughs> Schlitterbahn. Yeah, Oof. you know. Um, when I was a kid, they were a lot of fun. Now that I'm an adult and I have like a, a understanding of mortality, uh, <laughs> I, I we I don't should wanna... we should do an episode at some point that's like us just trying to reinvent the water park. It's a great idea. Um, I don't know that water I do park? it in this particular one, but, um, no, no, but I, yeah. you know, but in general, I think we should try and do that. Water I, parks need more theming. We need to, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
They need more theming. They also need to stop being water parks. <laughs> they, need <to> be, <laughs> they need to be something else. I, I want to I, I talk about like maybe evolving the water park at some point in a future episode because I think that's a, that's a really solid topic idea. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, anyway, definitely. continue, Kyle. Sorry. Sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, in the first Bill and Ted film, one of the first things Rufus says is that San Dimas has more excellent water slides than any other planet that we communicate with. So the idea here is that through a portal, guests are going to be able to go to the future and experience one of these amazing water parks. Oh. Uh, so this is not the same water park that Napoleon went to in San Dimas in 1988. This is the one from 2688. So oh. we'll be talking about that in a minute. So, yeah, mine is uh, Waterloo of the Future. Nice. Um, so I am also, uh, mine is also set in the future. Um, though rather than the 20, 27th century, mine is in the 28th century. So it's post, it's the future post, uh, everything being saved and face the music. Um, so 20th century, uh, future, there is a, uh, it's all sort of a, it's sort of like a the the future San Dimas sort of area, um, but it's also all kind of a, a Bill and Ted theme park in the future, um, complete with a partner statue of Bill and Ted um, <laughs> doing their their chest and arm thing, um, and you know, so it's all it's all sort of a a kind of like parody a bit on Disneyland uh, set in the 20th century, uh, all themed around Bill and Ted. I think cast members would all be forced to dress like they're from the future with like the giant shoes and stuff from bogus journey um all of that like quirky future stuff and uh and and yeah so it's 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 all lots of um you know smooth uh architecture and white spaces and uh and uh uh you know exhibits and futuristic technology and stuff like that so basically like a giant tomorrowland essentially awesome yeah all right, so for mine, uh, I literally wrote Big Tomorrowland Vibes, uh, <laughs> set in 2721 San Dimas, California. Mm-hmm. takes place shortly after the events of Face the Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, citizens of 28th century San Dimas are celebrating wild stallions uniting humanity before time and space was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. we're having a festival, like a, uh, a celebration of wild stallions and them saving humanity. Nice. So we all kind of went in the same direction. Yeah, as we're, far all, as, like, we're all in the future. We're all in the future. I mean, I think it makes the most sense. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. I, I think I think at the end of this, uh, it, I think it's entirely possible that we could end up just connecting all of our lands into a giant park. That'd be great. It's entirely yeah. possible that that's what happens. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, restaurants? Yeah, yeah, Kyle, what you got? So I got uh, a intergalactic mall food court. So it combines... Mm. Two of my favorite things from the franchise, uh, Station, you know, kind of like representing the fact that, uh, you know, life is not just here on Earth in the Bill and Ted universe. It's throughout yeah. the universe. Uh, we got to see a little bit of that in Bogus Journey. And then also, uh, like Scott, you were saying earlier, the uh, mall scene with all the historical characters from Excellent Adventure is one of the you know, the best moments from that entire film. And I want mm-hmm. to kind of combine those two things together. So uh, guess what? That being op- said, that being said, it does really bum me out that Joan of Arc leads an aerobics class and then dies burning in on, on a stake like yeah. not too long after that Look, i i just accept that uh <laughs> that joan of arc went on to be the guitar player for the uh the go-go's after that film ended and nobody oh, said okay. anything about it you know i, yeah, I love yeah, jane sure. whelan by the way and i'm so happy that she was in this movie so um 
Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, guests are going to have the option to eat at different interplanetary uh, meal options in a kind of like a space farmer's market, if you will. So Ooh. imagine, you know, like a, a lot of like very white, bright colors like you see in the future of Face the Music and with just a bunch of different food kiosks there. So uh, a couple of um, uh, uh, guest kiosks that I decided to use here are, uh, <laughs> butcher this name, Tonicat Chul's Tastes. Uh, which is the Aztec god of agriculture. So you can ha- try foods from the ancient alien civilization that actually met with the Aztecs in the past. So uh, foods would include like bowls of duck or fish mixed with pineapples, avocado, chili pepper, stuff like that. So kind of like a, um, a, uh, a Mesoamerican style, uh, mm. kind of like taco truck, if you will. You know, um, Star borrows pizza, which would be flatbreads from beyond the star. So uh, pizzas <laughs> with an intergalactic fare from the outer rim. And then Station's Corn Dog Fantasy. So from the Ooh. smartest beings that ever exist, you can try, try styles of meat and meat substitutes in deep fried shells. So basically corn oh. dogs of like venison or buffalo or alligator, tofu, oh. impossible meats, things like that. You know, big corn dog fans. So um, yeah, that's it. It's kind of a, a fun uh, intergalactic style uh, food court. Kind of like what I wish that Tomorrowland <laughs> restaurant would be in, uh, right. in in Magic Kingdom, but uh, with actual different variations on food. So. You know, to the best of my knowledge, I have never seen an impossible corn dog. Wow. I don't know I don't they think they exist. I haven't I, I I've never I've never seen one. So like uh kudos because yeah. I would like to eat a hot dog. That would be or a, yeah. or I I mean a corn dog. Um cuz yeah, I just don't I don't see them anywhere. I've so never seen them. For the longest time, I thought I was not a corn dog person. Yeah. Like I and I think it stems from like when I was a kid, I had this uh uh, at school, I had a breakfast that was like a hot dog, but wrapped in a pancake, and mm, uh, oh. and like you dipped it in syrup instead of like yeah. mustard. Or yeah, ketchup. yeah, yeah. And Not a hot dog, a sausage. Right, Let's, right. No, yeah. no, no. It was a hot dog. This was a hot what? dog. Yes. Uh, and I had that at breakfast at school one time. You know, American school breakfast, and I got like this like terrible migraine out of it. And I guess I just kind of associated that with a corn dog for the longest mm. time. Yeah. Uh, but I had a corn dog again for the first time, and like you know, probably 20 years. Uh, and I, it was the best thing I'd ever eaten. They're amazing. (laughs) They're like that trash food that I just like, every time I eat it, I'm like, you think you're hot stuff, Kyle? No, this is the kind of food of your people. (laughs) Um, I I will say though, I went to Cedar point a few years ago and had, I think, uh, they just called it like a hot dog on a stick. And I thought it was going to be a corn dog, and it wasn't. It looks like a corn dog, but it just it tastes completely different. It's awful. So anyway, I'm hoping that Station, through their uh, combined intellect, could make a better corn dog here. And Scott, whenever we do these restaurants, I'm always thinking of you, man, because I'm like, well, what could we have for Scott to eat here? And I'm thinking like some sort of impossible meat or something like that would work. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I appreciate being thought of because uh, that doesn't always happen. Uh- <laughs> Are we there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay? Was, uh, I, I think you froze up there for a second. Yeah, you froze oh. up for me too. I didn't hear what you oh. said. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, I appreciate being thought of because it doesn't happen a lot. Um, oh, I think about of, you a lot. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of cuisine, I don't I don't get thought of a lot. It's usually like an afterthought of like, yeah, I guess there's a veggie burger, whatever. <laughs> why, why are you ruining everything, stupid? Uh, <laughs> uh so mine is uh is uh, again my my whole thing is like meant to be a kind of like parody concept right um to a certain extent and so my restaurant is a uh, a hard rock cafe 
Um, but it's a hard rock cafe where all of the waiters are uh, role playing as famous musicians throughout history. So they've all been <laughs> picked up from throughout history and brought to this hard rock cafe at this Bill and Ted Park in the 28th century um, and forced to work as waiters. <laughs> 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 so we have so, slavery again in 700 years <laughs> i mean you know it's 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 uh they make a lot more money as uh as waiters uh than than they ever did uh as musicians in the in the time period they're from that's good um but yeah so like uh so so uh all of the music all of the waiters are are uh famous musicians um throughout history uh built and all of the memorabilia on the walls are all about bill and ted's music career um both both bill and ted and billy and thea um and so it's just like their entire music career i imagine billy and thea are probably end up becoming like music producers more so than musicians themselves um and and so uh they become like really well known for that and so it's just this all of the memorabilia all has to do with like Bill and Ted's adventures in in the films, and then also their careers as uh, musicians, um, and that's that's all all four Bills and Ted's. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, but yeah, that's it. It's just a Hard Rock Cafe. I mean, it's but it's like a it's like a parody of a Hard Rock Cafe. So like I don't know, it should be called something else probably, but like it needs to be obvious that that's what it is. It's a parody of a Hard Rock Cafe, mm-hmm. um, and all the food is good. As opposed to bad, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's a nice plus up. I like that. Y- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's it. The food's good. <laughs> that's the difference. That in and of itself is parody of hard rock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> well, hey, this isn't hard rock. Yeah. It's, this food's good. Ah, you guys are so silly. This place is silly. Um, what about you, Brian? What's your restaurant? Uh, so my restaurant's actually going to be a bar. Uh, it's just going to be. A, a, I'm thinking like a futuristic space bar. But uh, it's been transformed into a pop-up theme bar to pay tribute to the Wild Stallions and the musicians that inspired them. Uh, So it's like, think... You know, like any, like a, if if Tomorrowland had a bar, but then you slapped a bunch of posters up and like memorabilia from Wild Stallions on the walls, that's what it would be. Uh, I'm thinking sort of like the '80s cafe in Back to the Future Two, when everything has just sort of been lost in translation. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that i'm th- i'm thinking that like I, I want it to be sort of you know the the waiters are going to use 80s catchphrases but they're going to you know they're going to mix them up like what did you do with the beef instead of where's the beef you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. i'm thinking i'm thinking that that's that's what my bar is going to be i haven't i don't have a name for it but it's pop nice. up uh, pop up tribute bar to wild stallions i like that's it. awesome yeah um okay so we're Moving going to do attractions yeah yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do attractions. So the attraction for what's water- the difference between an attraction and an e-ticket at a water park, Kyle? I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the attraction is a lazy river, oh. but it's a lazy river through hell. So hey, oh. hey, 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 lazy river is my e-ticket at a at a water park. I'm right there with you. If I ever go to a water park again, I'm just in the lazy river the whole time. You know, especially if you can sure. bring a drink in there, but it's probably Ooh, not yeah. allowed. So, um, it's like, but that's generally your vibe in like Instagram stories and stuff, Kyle. It's just like perpetual lazy river vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, do you like Margaritaville? Uh, do I like Margaritaville? I like margaritas. I don't like 
<laughs> I'll go to a Margaritaville, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good enough. If you if you'll go, then yes, you like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy Buffett's not mine by choice, but I heard him do a Martin Denny cover one time, and that made you have a little bit more respect for the guy. So Ooh, okay. no, I'm living that uh, Mahalo lifestyle over here. So um, yeah, but this is, but of course, uh, if if I is my personal take on a Lazy River would also be combined combined with horror somehow. So this is the Lazy mm. River through hell. So mm-hmm. uh, in the future, the citizens of San Dimas aren't only able to travel through time to through time. But also to, also to shift to alternate planes of existence. So uh, the denizens of hell have offered up the ability to take a lazy river ride through the underworld to see what lies in store for apparently everyone in the Bill and Ted universe when they die. We haven't really figured that out, but like everybody goes to hell in that universe, regardless of what they've done in their life. So um, anyway, you get to see what's going to happen to you after you die here. So uh, guests would board regular inner tubes are the figure eight style. Uh, double inner tubes and float along uh, what is basically demons uh, trying to do an open house for hell. So you would actually be floating on a river of lava and this would be achieved through just like red lights underneath everything. (laughs) And so it would have to be in some sort of like show building. So the idea here isn't that it's going to be like a, a ride that's supposed to scare you. It actually is supposed to relax you. But if you kind of open your eyes and look around, you can see that the demons have dressed everything up to kind of like put a better face on everything. So for example, you'll be traveling by and then death is there asleep in a sun tanning chair because he's had too many Mai Tais, you know, and uh, maybe you'll have like uh, what is in the Bill and Ted movies. It looks like everybody's just uh, toiling for the rest of their life. So maybe you have what is clearly like a salt mine or something like that. Kind of like, cured up to not look like that to make it look like everybody's having a fun time so maybe everybody's wearing like polynesian hawaiian shirts while they're like picking at stuff so um but yeah that uh you you walk along and then if there of course would be volcanoes and stuff in the background but then if they brought in palm trees to make it look nice but then the palm trees have caught on fire so um one of my favorite moments in Bill and Ted Face the Music was when uh, Bill and Ted actually talked to a pair of demons that are working in hell, and they just seem like the nicest guys in the world. <laughs> you know, They're kind <laughs> of like giving them directions throughout the thing. So that's kind of the vibe that I'm thinking the whole thing is here. It's like, it, clearly, there's demons flying along in the background and like volcanoes and, or volcanoes and stuff like that, uh, but it's got kind of a, a nice Hawaiian flair to the whole thing. So uh, yeah, that's, that's nice. it. That's the uh, Lazy River Ride Through Hell. <laughs> is it entirely that's enclosed? Great. Yeah, it would be entirely enclosed and also, you know, have a nice like air conditioning blowing along because it's a lazy river. It's supposed to make you relax the whole time. So it's kind of a juxtaposition of how you feel in the water, the ice cold water. But then there's like, uh, you know, like flows of like molten rock in the background and everything. Nice. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, Scott, uh, what uh, what is your parody attraction uh, for, <laughs> for what you've done? Here? So. So my my uh, my my ne- my next one is a, uh, a parody on Carousel of Progress. Um, so this is a rotating theater attraction, of course, uh, and it is the history of how Bill and Ted's accomplishments created the future we're in currently. Um, and so it's a look at like from the moment that the song happened to now, how did we get from there to where we are now in the future and sort of filling in those gaps. However, as we're going through, right, so like the way the carousel of progress works, for those of you who don't know the there is a 250 seat theater and it is in front of a, a show scene and then it rotates and then the the whole the whole circle sort of rotates the carousel if you will rotates so that you're in another show scene and then that allows another theater of 250 to file in and so you just sort of go around in a circle around the the this uh theater in the round the theater sort of just goes around that theater so you're seeing six 
show scenes. Uh, each one is four minutes long. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, you go through all six of them and then you exit and another group files in and it just sort of goes in so that, um, every four minutes, uh, uh, 250 people can enter. That's how Carousel of Progress works. Um, for those of you who don't know, I know my two co-hosts obviously know how it works. Um, but, uh, uh, in this, so we have, um, all of these scenes where that is being set up. Now, uh, what we learn about is a character who is the son of uh, Danomalos from uh, Bogus Journey. And he feels very similarly to how his father did about this future, about how everybody is the same now and um, you know the, the, the philosophy is stupid and all of this um, because his father taught him to. And so he uh, ha- eventually reprograms the robots in the show um, in, into killing the audience. Uh, and so it kills the audience. And then at this point, this is when the whole auditorium drops like a drop ride. So, so what happens is, um, first of all, in the last show scene, uh, the, 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 uh, the place kind of gets pushed backward, um, through the process of what's happening. It gets pushed backward. You get shot by all of the robots and then you drop into hell and you drop into what is essentially another carousel of progress underneath the initial carousel of progress and the drop drops about you know kind of like um the rise of the resistance drop where it's like it's like a six or nine foot drop or ten foot drop it's like pretty minor but what happens is the the sides of the auditorium are also screens um like uh um uh, what is like like in Rise of the Resistance or in um, uh, Mickey and Minnie? Yeah, the 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 sort of projection mapping kind of idea. And what happens is when you get shot, the lights go out. Air, like you get you get the drop sensation, and then you get air blowing up in you as you're low. You're slowly lowered into position in hell, so that it feels like you're falling down that tunnel to hell. That that endless drop. Um, so you get that sensation, you drop into hell, and then you're pulled forward by the chains in hell as you're greeted by uh, the devil. And then Bill and Ted and Billy and Thea come and save the audience. And the whole thing ends with a live Country Bears-esque performance in hell. <laughs> um, and then and then death sends you back up again um, so that uh, he, he death saves the audience in the end. But uh, – that's that's the idea. So it's a history of Bill and Ted, which uh, results in an adventure in hell and a uh, live uh, performance. Excellent. That's amazing. So question about the band in hell. Is it made yes. up of, of musicians from the past or is it uh, the Wild Stallions playing music? I, well, it's both. I would say I would say it's both. Um, I don't know all of the details in that. I know that death is playing bass for sure. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, they're, uh, they're definitely, uh, a mixture of, of musicians. And I guess there could be jokes about which musicians ended up in hell. Though, so if face the music is any indication, everyone ends up yeah, in hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a real, uh, good place type situation in, uh, in the Bill and Ted universe. I almost wonder if the good place and Bill and Ted take place in the same universe and we just never knew. It would make sense. <laughs> Totally. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's my that's my uh, that's my attraction. That's sort of a, a secret e ticket, but um, you know, I was gonna say, yeah, you uh, yeah. you really set the bar there. 
Yeah, it's elaborate. It's a little <laughs> elaborate, but uh, I just think I think the idea of going in and thinking you're getting like a chill, like Carousel of Progress type thing, and then suddenly there's a drop ride. Oh, it sounds great. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, what do you have, Brian? Uh, so my attraction is it's going to be a hologram concert starring Wild Stallions. I originally had envisioned this as like a Country Bears esque sort of thing, but I figured that they would have upgraded to holograms in the 700 years uh, in the future. Uh, so we have uh, so Bill and Ted, Joanna, Elizabeth, Billy, and Thea are all going to be there to perform. Uh, but they're also going to be joined by Death, Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Mozart, Ling Loon, Grom, and of course Kid Cudi. Um, <laughs> I also did not know how to pronounce his name until that movie. Until I saw that movie, <laughs> mm. uh, they perform several songs. Uh, several. Uh, they're going to have specific moments to spotlight each of the band members. Of course, it will end with "Face the Music," the song that united humanity before time and space was destroyed. Nice, very cool. All right, so I love show- it. was that? I love it. Excellent. Uh, so, e tickets, Kyle. Yeah. So I have to ask you guys, have you ever ridden or are you aware of the mechanics of the Crush and Gusher water coaster at Typhoon Lagoon in Orlando? Is that you, one of the ones that uh, water coaster? Yes, like, it's, yeah. a, it's a water coaster. Yeah. Scott, you're familiar with how this works also? Uh, no, actually. Can okay. you can you break it down for me? Yeah. So basically it is a water ride slash roller coaster. So you're in a like a like a tube, like a figure eight with your partner that you're riding with. And mm-hmm. you'll actually be pulled up along like a conveyor belt to the top of a hill and then drop down. And then as you go, uh, this this has just like a roller coaster with like drops and hills and stuff like that. So it uses water propulsion, like jets of water to shoot you up one hill you'll be going down another uh so in my e-ticket i'm basically putting in several different drops that are accompanied by show scenes so it's kind of a combination of like a dark ride and something like the crush and gusher coaster so um Mm. i it's called time travel tubes so one of the cooler things about the bill and ted movies or i guess i guess as a kid when i saw excellent adventure i thought the scenes of them in the phone booth going around those tubes in time was like one of the coolest things. So I was like, oh, this is like so much fun. I'd love to do something like that. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if uh, we kind of combine that with a water park? So the idea is, is that it's an exhibition from the Time Travel Council of San Dimas 2688, and you've been invited to try out their new temporal tube system. So the trip through time allows guests to see into different times in human history where music evolved. So the ride would be that system, which I just described a minute ago. Uh, And when you go through a hill, it would stop at the bottom and it would become kind of a smaller, like slower portion where you'd see like maybe cavemen banging on drums or you might go to a uh, kind of a chamber music type session in the Renaissance period or to Preservation Hall to see jazz musicians play. Or maybe you'd see like, uh, you know, like a cool Keith or somebody like that rapping, you know, in, in Brooklyn, kind of at the beginning of the hip hop uh, music movement. So it's kind of what it is. It's a trip like that, that ends with a final uh, scene of the wild stallions playing a song uh, before the ride is over. So combination of a roller coaster and a uh, uh, water ride, excuse me, a water flume ride along with a, um, a dark ride. So yeah, that's mm. what it is. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I have something very similar. Mine is the Bill and Ted Circuits of Time coaster. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a it's a multi-launch coaster that is uh, augmented by uh, screens and uh, projection mapping um, in which, you know, to to the tune of, uh, you know, Wild Stallions music, um, you uh, travel through time. The the difference here is I'm, I was trying to recreate 
what I saw in the movie. And so the the actual um uh the cars that you get into are are um they are you you walk into them and then strap in and then you drop drop in to the to the to the coaster so that like at some points you're laying down at some points you're kind of like hanging as you like twist and turn through the through the coaster um but yeah it's not a uh it's not a seated ride it, it ends up being like sort of like a standing lying down type coaster gotcha so the um, seats like a, at your back is almost like a gyroscope that kind of goes along with it is that what you're describing uh no 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 I mean like I uh, the twisting motion I was making with my hands that no no one no one oh. uh, listening to this can see me do um <laughs> was the it was it was the the uh, the track sort of like uh, like a corkscrew on a track or something okay. yeah um but yeah the idea is that uh the multi launch aspect would be that it would you would be traveling through time so there would be points where you would the the coaster would land you into a show scene and then you would take off again by um by by going you know, by dropping again through the floor, um, in the same fashion that you are in the movie, you know, when the, when the, when it lands, it lands from the sky. And then when it takes off, it, it goes, you know, down, it goes through the ground, um, into the, uh, the circuits of time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it just seemed like a no brainer, the idea of turning that into some sort of coaster, um, which, uh, uh, granted probably means we all did the same thing, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it, it, I think, we would have all done the same thing because um, it's it's the most obvious thing. Like, how do you make a Bill and Ted land not have the circuits of time be a roller coaster of some sort, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, obvious for a reason. You know, it's yeah. the best idea. <laughs> so my ticket um, is a circuits of time roller coaster. <laughs> we did um, it, guys! It happened. We did it. Uh, so Rufus's daughter Kelly is leading you through an exhibit showcasing memorabilia from the lives of Bid. Bill, Ted, Billy, and Thea. Uh, you'll see their guitars. You'll see Wild, St- Wild Stallions posters. Uh, and she's narrate- narrating the tour, uh, but when suddenly her mood suddenly changes to one of dire seriousness. Uh, she's telling the writers that time and space are still in danger and we must go back to 2021. Uh, suddenly, uh, light, uh, lightning and thunder effects are going to play but in the room. But not 2020. Never 2020. <laughs> Never 2020. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so lightning and thunder effects are going to play in the room and a smoke screen will launch and ride vehicles will appear from the floor. They're going to raise up uh, into the uh, raise up to the level of where the riders are as if they just appeared from nowhere. Um, the cars are going to be, we're going to have two cars of four passengers each. They are, uh, I've modeled them after the vehicles that are going to be, on the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster in Epcot. So they are going oh. to be roller coaster cars that can turn and face any direction. They're like motorized so they can be, so you can point them wherever you want them to. Yeah. Uh when riders are safely in place, the ride uh the ride is going to drop <laughs> is going to drop back into the floor and then launch uh, uh launch into the time circuits. I'm thinking uh the main show building is going to be a massive show building uh where you're going to see all the circuits of time crossing and the majority of um, a lot of the circuits you're going to see are actually going to be actual tracks uh so you're going to uh, around all the tracks you are in you are going to be in a tube uh you'll be able to see above you so it'll be transparent above you but below you it's going to be glowing so it looks like you're uh you're glowing circuits of time yeah um so you're going to go That'd to be really cool too if you could time it so that it's only when the cart makes 
connection with the track in that area uh-huh. so that when you're looking around the room and seeing other cars go by, you're just oh. seeing the light go past. That's a great idea. Yes. Yeah. Added cool. that in. Okay. So the, the first show scene is in 2021, San Dimas. Uh, Billy and Thea's friendship is in jeopardy. They're having this like a major blowout. They're uh, fighting oh, no. with each other. Uh, Kelly suggested them that they go back in time so they can see happier times in their life when their friendship was more solid. Uh, so they go back to 2010. Uh, so you once again, you're going through that build uh, show building with the uh, all the circuits of time. Go back to 2010. You have young Billy and Thea in school. Uh, older Billy and Thea tell them that they need to always stay friends and be good to each other. Uh, and the future of San Dimas was counting on them. Uh, preteen Billy and Thea are clearly confused and scared about this. Uh, <laughs> and then Bill and Ted show up in their classic phone booth time machine. Uh, they say that the meddling in the timeline is actually is creating more problems and uh, is creating more problems, and they have to split up if they want to fix it. So at this point. The two cars that are in the train are actually going to separate. Ooh! And so one car is going to go one dire- uh, go in one direction with uh, Billy and Thea. The other car is going to go with Bill and Ted. Uh, so in the third show bil- uh, scene with Billy and Thea, uh, they're going to go to 2025 to reunite a now split up Billy and Thea. Uh, they- they're going to reconcile and they're going to become friends again. On uh, the third show scene, Bill and Ted are going to multiple time periods in Billy and Thea's life, and they're patching up smaller arguments along the way. <laughs> I just, I, I, this is in no way a criticism. I think, <laughs> I think this is a plus. I love how boring these show scenes are. <laughs> they have heart, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, like, <laughs> That's my favorite thing is just imagining a, a company spending millions of dollars on show scenes where two friends hug it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't stop laughing now. <laughs> Okay, so uh, fourth show scene, everyone returns to 2721. Uh, the timeline is fixed. The Logans, the Prestons, and Kelly all thank you for your time at Exit the Ride. Nice. Lovely. Thanks for calling my ride boring, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining the first exec riding it and just being like, "Why? what did we spend money on? <laughs> what is this? Describe this extreme roller coaster. How about the word heartfelt? Does that mean- <laughs> Is that evocative enough? Uh, uh, so we're in therapy, right? <laughs> <With Bill and Ted. laughs> oh man! Oh boy! <laughs> we call this a cry coaster. It's a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for listening to Theme Park. This yes. Uh, make sure you tune in in two weeks when Scott inevitably calls me boring again. <laughs> Yeah, inevitably. It's happened uh, in the meantime, so many times in the past. Be sure, be sure to check out our uh, our Twitter and Instagram. We're at Theme Park This. Uh, we're also on Facebook at uh, Theme Park This Podcast. We also have a listener group up there, so go check that out, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, tell your friends, you know. Be yeah. excellent to each other. Indeed. Be excellent to each other, one and all. And party on. <laughs> and party don't call on. each other boring. Uh, I will, I will uh, call each other whatever you want. Um <laughs> you're friends right anyway yes um well uh well, yeah so uh thanks for listening everybody and we'll uh we'll talk to you next time Bye.